Welcome to the Cure Church Lee Summit Podcast. Here at the Cure Church, we believe Jesus is the cure for whatever you may be going through. Wherever you are listening to this podcast, we pray this week's message encourages you. Amen. Come on, as we're on our feet, let's just pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much, God for what you've already done and established in this place this morning. God in heaven, we pray for more and more of your presence. We pray, God, that with your presence will come power. Power will come breakthrough, God. Breakthrough will come freedom. We just pray that you would have your way, Father. And Nothing that we came here for, God, has to be done. We just want what you want, Father. We just want you to have your way. Not our will, but your will be done. I pray that you would anoint me, Lord God. Breathe upon this place this morning, God. Anoint me to speak this message, God, with boldness, passion, and clarity. Anoint the ears and hearts of your people. Confusion, I rebuke you distraction, I rebuke you. I pray the spirit of the living God would reign in this place this morning, God. Father, we love you. We thank you. We praise your holy name, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Somebody praise him right now like you mean it. Come on, like he's good. Hallelujah. Come on. Amen. Go ahead and find your seats. This morning, amen, if you're new with us, man, we're so grateful that you chose to come and worship with the Cure Church Lee Summit this morning. We thank you. We welcome you. And like this said, man, our conference is coming up. And man, you know what? I don't even think with the videos and everything we've done, I don't think we've brought across to you how important, how awesome this conference really is. This conference has changed lives, amen, put inside of hearts the call of God. It is amazing, amen. So that Tuesday through Friday, the day sessions on Thursday and Friday morning, man, I encourage you, get the time off, be there. It will impact your life, amen. Hallelujah. Well, let's get into the word of God this morning. Last week, we began a series challenging us to be different. We are not called to act like, think like, or even speak like. The rest of the world, if we do, we can't really call ourselves set apart. God has called every one of us who calls upon his mighty name for salvation to become new creations. Meaning this, we are called to be different. Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 in the passing translation, it says, now if anyone, that means it is not exclusive It is not a members only club. It means anyone who was enfolded into Christ, meaning belonging to Christ, has become an entirely new person. All that is related to the old order has vanished. Behold, everything is fresh and new. The old order, the old nature has vanished when we are in Christ. And the direct cause of this is a different life. Amen? I don't know about you this morning, but I needed a different life. I I, Listen, I needed a fresh start, amen. I was lost, man. I was broken. And the worst part of it is I didn't even know it. I didn't know I was lost and broken until Jesus came in and illuminated the light on my darkness, amen, and showed me a need for a Savior, amen. And knowing what God can do with a life like mine, a life like yours, amen, it makes me never want to go back to the old order, the old system. Listen, I want to be different this morning. I want to be more like Christ. If you 
want to be different for the glory of God, give them some praise right now. Last week, we spoke about the children of Israel and the promise of God to give them a land that was literally flowing with milk and honey. If you recall, they went and they scouted out the land, but they were fearful of the inhabitants, so they refused to go in. Twelve of the most elite elect men went in and scouted out, but the Bible says that ten came back saying we can't, and only two said we can Can I tell you something? Those odds are not good. Come on, that's the majority saying we can't do what God called us to do. The Bible says in Numbers chapter 14, verse 22 through 24, it says, because all these men who have seen my glory, this is God speaking to Moses, he said, all these men have seen my glory and the signs which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness have put me to the test these 10 times and have not heeded my voice. They certainly shall not see The land of which I swore to their fathers, nor shall any of those who rejected me see it. Verse 24 says, but my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit and has followed me fully, I will bring him into the land where he went and his descendants shall inherit it. Caleb had a different spirit. And because he had a different spirit, he and his descendants will become occupiers. When everyone else had to settle for being nothing more than wanderers. Today I want to declare that God is looking for each of us to operate in a different spirit. And can I tell you what accompanies a different spirit this morning? A different kind of worship. A different kind of praise. See, we put value on so many things. We put value in our money, value in our homes, value in relationships. But how much value do you put in your ability to praise God? How much value, amen, do you put into your time of worship? These moments that we gather before the service really gets going and we begin to join together, lift up holy hands, lift up our voice in worship. How much value do you put in that? Is it a filler? Is it just, man, a couple of songs? I can't wait till it's done. Or is it you deciding that I will enter into my breakthrough? Is it you deciding that in this moment, amen, I'm going to get everything God has for me? Listen, I've been saved a long time. I've seen people get saved in worship, healed in worship, get a breakthrough in worship, amen? How much value do you put into it, though? A few weeks ago at our midweek service, we looked at Acts 16 when Paul and Silas were arrested for casting a demon out of a little girl who told fortunes for her masters. In that text, it challenges us to put value in our worship. See, when we value worship like we should, we can worship under the worst circumstances of our lives. Oh, come on, hear me, somebody. Come on, listen, if you like me, you go through things. And under the worst situation, circumstances that we go through, your ability to worship is life-defining, life-changing. Come on, man. I I can tell you something. I've been through a rough couple of 24 hours. You know what got me through? My worship. You know, when I got to finish up my message, but I don't feel like it. Lord, I need to worship. I mean, I can't preach on it and not live it this morning. Man, I need to worship. So I begin to press in and worship. Let me say it again. Your ability to worship under the worst circumstances 
When we don't feel like it, come on, somebody. When it doesn't make sense to worship, it's where you get your breakthrough. When you're struggling, when your faith is tested, amen, the ability to open your mouth and give glory to God will put the devil on notice that there is nothing you can do that can rob me of my praise. Why is it so important? Because God made us, created us to worship. He said, if you don't do this, I will cause rocks to cry out. You know, for you, it sounds crazy. How can rocks cry out? Because rocks are a creation from God just like we are. But we're the crown of his glory. We were the ones he created to worship. But sadly enough, there's a majority of folks out here that will not lift up his name. Will not lift up hands. Will not lift up our voice. Will not give God the praise that he is worthy of. Paul and Silas. They're bloodied. They are bruised. They are locked in a dungeon. Not listen, when we read the Bible, you need to understand they weren't in jail. They weren't in county. They weren't in Leavenworth. They weren't in, listen, they weren't in any of these places where you got clean floors, provided meals. Amen. Somebody can put a little on your books. It ain't like that. They're in a dungeon. Chained. And here they are, the Bible says in Acts chapter 16, verse 25, that around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake. I feel the Holy Ghost. And the prison was shaken to its foundations, amen. All the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. I'm here to tell you this morning that those places, those territories that once held you in bondage cannot. They will be shaken this day to their foundations. I don't care what it was. You may have been in bondage to pornography, bondage to lack of faith, bondage to whatever it is. I'm telling you, those things that once held you shackled will come off the moment you lift up your praise. Why am I so stuck? Maybe because you ain't praise God. I'm telling you. There's something about your worship. There's something about your praise. See, what will happen is that that addiction, that bondage, amen, the drugs, the alcohol, the pornography, the fornication, whatever it is, the moment you give God the kind of praise he deserves, those things that you thought they're so strong, the Bible does call them strongholds. Those things that are so strong will become weakened by your praise. Listen, there, there's a balance to all this, amen. See, you can't have a strong hold and a strong faith. Oh, hear me right now. You can't have both, amen. You can't have it your way. This ain't Burger King. You can't have it like that. Listen, when you begin to have a strong faith, those things in your life that once held you hostage will weaken. When you have a strong praise, a strong worship, those things that thought, I got them, I have them, they will understand that the loosening will begin to happen because my praise was entered into heaven. Amen? <laughs> those things that, that once caused you and your faith to crumble, they themselves will crumble. Oh, come on, you got to hear me this morning. Not only that, the Bible says that the other prisoners were listening. You know what that means? That means that the very people that God put around you, 
to see how you would react to what you're going through. Will you praise me or will you complain? Will you worry or will you worship? Amen. Those very people that I have around you, they will find their freedom with you. Oh, my God, are you hearing me? That means mother, father, your children can get their breakthrough. Your uncle will get their breakthrough. You're, come on, somebody. It is not only you. Because when you worship the way you're called to worship, it not only affects you, it affects everyone around you, everyone that can hear you worshiping when it don't make sense to worship. You telling me these men felt the Holy Ghost in prison? Well, I feel it. Let's worship. No. But they understood that, man, the natural response to the hell that we're going through cannot be backing off, giving up, throwing in the towel. The natural, as a matter of fact, the supernatural response is we got to lift up his name. We got to worship in the midst of what we're going through. Amen. We got to say he's good when it, when it don't seem good. Oh, man, God is good. You wonder why the enemy wants to keep you from worshiping. You wonder why the enemy wants to keep you from lifting up your voice. I'll tell you why. It's because he knows better than you do the power in your praise. He knows more than you do. You don't understand that the enemy does. How does he know? Because he wants worship God. Come on, the Bible says that he was designed with instruments built into his body. Amen. He was birthed, designed to worship God. He knows that there is power in your praise. That's why he tries to keep you muted during service. That's why he tries to keep you muted at home. That's why he tries to keep your voice shut. Because he knows the moment you do, he has no more power over you. Listen, I'm a, I'm a human just like anyone else. Sometimes I find it hard, but I got to break through. To me, I, maybe I'm different, but if, if it's that much of a fight to worship, I better worship. Because I know the enemy's trying to keep me from something, amen? And I want to get my breakthrough. Come on, the moment you begin to lift up, the moment, amen, you do this, release your praise. Every tool, every device that he's used to keep you stuck will come off. And you will be free. And who the sun sets free is free indeed this morning, amen? Our worship... Our praise has to be different. Why? Because the world we live in is different. This ain't the same world you lived in four years ago. It ain't. This ain't the same world you lived in ten years ago. This is different. So to give the same kind of praise I've always given in a different atmosphere will not shift anything. My worship has to be different. Every day there's a new battle. There's a battle I'm fighting today that I didn't see four years ago. Come on, somebody. And we can't overcome and walk in our victory with the same worship. It's time to press in. It's time to push through. It's time to give them glory and praise. Amen. So turn with me to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. You can read along on the screens. But if you have your Bible, have your devices, whatever you want to follow with me, I'm reading out of 2 Chronicles chapter 20. The Bible says in the first verse of this chapter that after this, the armies of the Moabites, Ammonites, and some of the Meunites declared war on Jehoshaphat. Now, Jehoshaphat was a good and righteous king, if you study this. He was committed to bringing the ordinances of God back to God's people. He just wants to please God. He wants to do the right things. And not one, not two, but three nations come against him. And maybe he could have 
handled one nation with his own strength and his own army. But what about when the odds are stocked against you? What about when you look out and there's no way that you could defeat what's coming against you? The Bible says that messengers came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army from Edom is marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea. They are already at Hazan Tamar. This was another name for En Gedi. Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news and begged the Lord for guidance. What do you do when you're afraid? What do you do when you're fearful? He had the right idea. He said, I got to go to my God. He also ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. So people from all the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord's help. Jehoshaphat stood before the community of Judah and Jerusalem in front of the new courtyard at the temple of the Lord. He prayed, O Lord, God of our ancestors, you alone are the God who is in heaven. You are ruler of all the kingdoms of the earth. You are powerful and mighty. No one can stand against you. Amen. He's declaring who I know my God is. O our God, did you not drive out those who lived in this land when your people Israel arrived? And did you not give this land forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham? Your people settled here and built this temple to honor your name. They said, whenever we are faced with any calamity, such as war, plague, or famine, we can come to stand in your presence before this temple where your name is honored. We can cry out to you to save us, and you will hear us and rescue us. And now see what the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir are doing. You will not let our ancestors invade those nations when Israel left Egypt. So they went around them and did not destroy them. Now, see how they reward us. For they have come to throw us out of your land, which you gave us as an inheritance. Oh, our God, won't you stop them? We are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. We do not know what to do, but we are looking to you for help. If we can be honest... We've all been in situations and circumstances where we felt hopeless, not having any idea whatsoever what to do, how to do it, how to act, how to react. But I thank God this morning, amen, that when I'm lost, he is my way. When I'm weak, he is strong, amen. The prophet Isaiah said in Isaiah 40, verse 29, that he gives power to the weak, strength to the powerless. Even youth will become weak and tired, and young men will fall in exhaustion, but... Those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. That is the God we serve. It says in our text in verse 13 that as all the men of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, wives, and children, the Spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men standing there. His name was Jehaziel. Son of Zechariah, son of Benaiah, son of Jael, son of Madaniah, a Levite who was a descendant of Asaph. He said, listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Listen, King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Oh, I hope someone catches that this morning. So listen, there will come a time in every one of our lives where we understand and believe that we belong to God. I belong to God. I am not my own. I've surrendered my heart, my life to him. So when the enemy picks on us, he's not just picking on us. He didn't just start a fight with us. He started a fight with our daddy. Amen. 
He, he started a fight with our Father in heaven. And my Father is a redeemer, our protector, our safe place, our refuge, our strength, a very present help in time of need. That's what the Bible says, amen? Jehaziel said, the battle is not yours but God's. You know what that means? It means that the Lord takes ownership of your battle. He says, the battle is not yours. It's my, I take that from your hands into my hands. Watch how I do this. He says in verse 16, tomorrow, march out against him. Tomorrow, march out against him. Tomorrow, march out. Why well, I read that three times? So I want you to understand, you can't run from the enemy. You have to confront the enemy. He said, you will find them coming up through the ascent of Ziz at the end of the valley that opens into the wilderness. I don't know. All these names, I can't pronounce them all. You get it. He says, but you will not even need to fight. Take your positions. Then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you. Oh, people of Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. Watch this. Then King Jehoshaphat bowed low with his face to the ground, and all the people, somebody say all the people, of Judah and Jerusalem did the same, worshiping the Lord. It says that then the Levites from the clans of Koath and Korah stood to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud shout. Early the next morning, the army of Judah went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. On the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, Listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets, and you will succeed. Verse 21, after consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army. Singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. This is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. Come on, somebody praise him right now. Listen to me. When the battle is before you, when the threat of death and harm is before you, with the promises of God that he is for you and not against you, amen? We go into battle not with swords and shields, not with weapons of this world. We go in with a weapon called worship. Come on, it's amazing. They just, I mean, they give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. You know what it shows me? It wasn't Maverick City. It wasn't Hillsong. Upper Room, Upper Room. It was a simple declaration that we are here to give the Lord thanks. You know why this is different? Because it was before anything was ever done by the Lord. They were thanking him in advance. Listen, can I tell you something? You don't have to wait to praise God after he's already done what you need him to do. So many times people praise God only after we got that job, only after I got a car, only after I got a married. We praise God after. But when's the last time you praised him in advance for your miracle? Amen? Because listen, when you praise God in advance, that opens the door for what God wants to do. I ain't got to wait to praise God. Come on, why wait to praise God for your healing? Praise him in advance. Why wait to praise God for that new job? Praise him in advance. Praise him, amen, in the midst of what it don't even seem like a miracle. Praise him in advance for that breakthrough, for that restoration. They thanked him 
not just for his love, but his faithful love. And it's a faithful love that does not expire. It never runs out, but it endures. Amen. It perseveres through anything we may go through. When we fall short, his faithful love endures forever. Amen. I want you to picture this army going out. Anybody ever seen Lord of the Rings? Right? Braveheart. All those cool army, I mean, battle movies and everything. So I, I like those. You see these big old formations, as far as you can see, just full of people marching in formation. And I want you to imagine what this looks like. Everything looks the same. Formations, squads of 50, 50, 50, 50, 50 squads. All, but then you got before the army... People just singing. You are good. And your love. Oh, God. I need to catch myself. Usually I'll sing with music going on so you don't hear me. But listen. Imagine people playing instruments. Praising God. Before the army. The army's behind them. The worship is before them. Oh, you didn't catch that. You didn't catch that this morning, man. Listen, when I have worship before me, everything else can be behind me. Come on, the worship has to be before me. Why do we worship before you preach? Because I need the presence of God. We need the presence of God. It establishes something. They understood that there's a need for presence over performance. There's a need for presence over performance. I'm not up here to perform. I need the presence of God. You know why? Because I ain't that good. You hear how I'm saying these names of these cities and towns and people? I'm all jacked up. I need the presence of the Lord. I need the glory of God, amen. And I understand something, that the glory of God happens, the presence of God happens when we worship. Watch this. We're about to get into it right now. The Bible says in verse 22, that at the very moment that they began to sing and give praise, the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. Stop right there. Stop right there, Chris. Are you hearing that? See, the church, we get guilty of infighting. Judging this church. Talking bad about this one. And wonder why we can't gain a foothold over the enemy. Because we're too busy fighting each other, fighting what translation we read. Do you fall back? Do you fall forward? Amen. Uh, how long did he preach? Oh. Who cares? When there are people dying and going to hell, who cares? Well, I don't listen to Hillsong because who cares? Are you with me? Who cares? But. This is what it should look like. It should not be the church infighting. It should be the enemy infighting. So the moment, it says that, it says the moment they begin to praise God, that the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mousir started fighting among themselves. See, when the enemy's too busy infighting, they forgot about the people they were supposed to be after. They forgot, hold on, they're, they're, that's who we were supposed to be getting. But they begin to fight one another. The armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies from Mount Seir and killed every one of them. After they destroyed the army of Seir, they began attacking each other. So when the army of Judah arrived at the lookout point in the wilderness, 
all they saw were dead bodies lying on the ground as far as they could see. Not a single one of them had escaped. Listen, at that very moment, those four words need to get deep into your spirit right now. Because to me, it shows me why I wait to praise God. Why wait, amen? What are we looking for? What are we waiting on? Are we waiting on the goosebumps? Are we waiting on the, the right kind of song? Oh, Pastor Michelle, don't like that song. What's next? I, at that very moment, what moment? The moment worship and praise was released into the atmosphere, it caused confusion to the enemy. What does that show us? It shows us that worship changes atmospheres. Worship changes atmospheres. What does that mean? That means that there's atmospheres all around you. The atmosphere around us is alive with the unseen, unseen spiritual activity. So what are we called to do? See, there, there, there are so many battles you don't know you're warring and waging against because you can't see them in the natural. Take dominion, church. Take authority, church. And shift atmospheres. How? With your worship. You, you've heard it said, God has a plan for your life. Ain't that true? Can I tell you something else? So does the enemy. He has a plan for your life. But you can put every plan of the enemy into chaos and confusion by your worship. Worship your way out of whatever you are going through or may go through in your life. Why? Because that's how we get to the other side of it. This ain't no light thing I'm talking about. Truth is, if you've been in church any length of time, you've heard a bunch of messages on worship and praise and all those things, but have you actually started to worship? Have you actually decided, I'm going to put value in this weapon that God has given me called worship? It says in verse 25 that King Jehoshaphat and his men went out to gather the plunder, they found vast amounts of equipment, clothing, and other valuables, more than they could carry. There was so much plunder that it took them three days just to collect it all. You know what God showed me? He showed me that when we worship the right way, there's a surplus and not a deficit. You, you will get more out of your worship than you do not worshiping God. Amen. It took them three days to collect everything. God said, here, you can have it. Here, this is all yours. Here's the blessing of my right hand right before you. Take your time. Get it all. Three days neglected. Verse 26 is on the fourth day. They gathered in the valley of blessing, which God has named that day because the people praised and thanked the Lord there. It is still called the valley of blessing today. If you really catch this this morning, every place and space that God has given you can be called the valley of blessing. Your car can be the valley of blessing. I know mine is. Your home can be called the valley of blessing. Your workplace can be called the valley of blessing. Well, I don't want to offend no one. Put in earphones. It can be called the valley of blessing. Wherever you can spontaneously because it can't be forced, it can't be pushed. It can't be I'll do it because someone's watching. I don't want nobody to say nothing about worship. Here, okay, I did it. It can't be that. But out of a grateful heart, 
when you begin to praise God and thank God, that place in which you establish your praise will be called the valley of blessing. Listen to me. As I bring this down, if you don't think that God has reason to get the best of your praise, and I'm sorry this morning. I'm sorry you don't see everything God does for you. I'm sorry that you don't notice. But let me tell you something. God is good. God is good. Always has been, always will be. And maybe you're in a situation this morning where well, things ain't going my way. With all due diligence and respect and love to you all, join the club. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <come on. laughs> well, <laughs> you thought you didn't come to... <laughs> we go through things. I go through things. My wife goes through things. We go through things. Things don't always go our way. I wish. But most times they don't. What does that mean? Does that mean I don't give God praise no more? No, that means I praise him more. See, when things don't go your way, you can praise God that at least what I'm going through, I don't have to go at it alone. So what I want to do for a minute, I want to start giving you some reasons why you need to praise God. When you don't think I have enough reason, I want you to understand that I'm going to start looking through eyes of understanding and faith to see everything God is doing in my life. I mean, you know, you can stay in the trap of praiselessness. I don't think that's a word. But you can stay in that trap. Stay in that existence and continue to be stuck day after day, year after year, decade after decade. Or you can finally decide that regardless of how I feel, I will worship my God. Amen? We got to worship him. It's in us to worship. That's why you find so many people worshiping people, worshiping celebrities, worshiping their favorite TikToker or... I'm out of bounds. I can't go. I don't know what I'm talking about. TikTok. There's enough young people and you know what I'm talking about. That's why we find ourselves following this person, following that person. Because it's in us to worship. But if we don't worship God, we will worship people. We will worship situations. We worship circumstances. We worship the money. We worship everything but God. I Listen, it's not I want to worship. It's I need to worship. It's a need, just like oxygen, just like water, just like food. In order to sustain my spiritual life, I need to worship. So I'm not going to be muzzled any longer. You should make a declaration. I will not be muzzled any longer. No rock will steal my praise. No issue will steal my praise. I will bring the best praise I have before the Lord. That he would know how much I love him, how much I adore him, how much I need him. For my family, I praise God this morning. For the lungs that enable me to praise him, I praise him this morning. Amen. For the fact that I can know him, I praise him. When he kept me from dying all those many times. When he kept me from all those accidents. When, come on, somebody. When he kept me. Come on. So, when I was late and I was all mad and frustrated. Thank God I was late because if I wouldn't, I might have been in this situation. Because I can eat a meal today, I praise you, Lord. We overlook the little things. When was the last time you praised him for the little things? 
When's the last time you praised him that you had clothes to put on this morning? That there's a roof over your head that you ain't begging for bread this morning. Amen. When's the last time you praised him that he is good? I praise him. I do this sometime. God, thank you. All these fingers. Because I know every one of them was designed specifically for my body. And if I miss one of these fingers, my life will never be the same. I can go, I can go on. I'll live, but man, there's certain things I won't be able to do no more. You, listen, I thank you. I thank you for my toes, that I'm not off balance. I thank you for my legs. I thank you for my arms. I thank you for the ability to hear, see, and touch, and taste, and smell. I thank you for all that stuff. Because I want God to know that, Lord, I don't overlook the little things. I don't take for granted the little things. Why? Because the moment you take granted the little things is the moment those little things can be gone. So I want God to know, Lord, for everything I thank you. For the little things, big things, middle things, everything I thank you. How about this for some of you? Because you're not in a mental institution right now. I praise you. Because I'm not in jail this morning. I praise you. Because I'm not divorced this morning. I thank you, God. Because I'm not you filling the blank. I thank you. And if that don't work, how about the fact that he died for your sins? I thank you. Amen. Because what that does for each and every one of us, it shows us that even if God didn't do nothing else, he died for me. Even if I didn't get that job, I really wanted. Even if I didn't get that man I really wanted, that woman I really wanted, even if I didn't get this, I really wanted. At the end of the day, you died for me. And if you decided not to do nothing else for me, my family, you've done enough. And for that, I praise you this morning. Amen. As I close this morning, I always love talking about David. And I don't have it in my notes, but I, I just, I wouldn't go put it there because I always talk about David when I talk about worship, but he deserves to be talked about. David was a man from his youth who understood, man, I am going to worship God. When he was out in the pasture with all the sheep, he's writing love songs to God. He's praising God before he was a king, before he was anointed, amen. He was a praiser. He was a worshiper. When David got the Ark of the Covenant and he was bringing it back in, the city of David there was an instance where a man touched the Ark of the Covenant not quite the right way and the man died and I thought for a long time that's the most unfair scripture in all the Bible I, I, I literally thought that like Lord he, he was falling over he tried to catch it but then when you study it it shows that it would have never been fallen over if it was carried with the right reverence the presence of the Lord has to be carried with the right reverence. Yeah. Yeah. David understood this. And he got the Ark of the Covenant after it was stashed in Obed-Edom's house for a while. He got it and began to bring it in to the city of David. Every six steps, they stopped and they worshiped God, made sacrifices. I mean, it had to be a long journey. One, two, three, four, five, six. Stop and worship. Stop and worship. Because we're going to do this the right way. So every six, that could take forever. But as they finally made it in, David was so filled with awe 
of the glory of God. And he just worshiped, amen. He, he didn't care who was around him. He didn't care what he as a king looked like to somebody else. Hear me. Sometimes you don't worship because you're worried about what somebody else is going to think about you. Sometimes you feel like I need to press in, but you don't because my husband, my wife, my kids, my friends, what are they going to think of me? Can I tell you something? Who cares what they think about you? All that, all that should matter is, Lord, what do you think of my worship this morning? How does it look to you? So he came in not caring that he's a king, a ruler. He worshiped, amen, worshiped right down to his royal underwear. know why it got to that point but it got to that point and he's worshiping God and he's worshiping and he's worshiping he's dancing he's trolling around I mean if somebody didn't know who he was they would think who's that crazy guy who's that crazy guy but he's worshiping his wife looks out through the window and she's like I'm doing on this side so you can see me look at this dude and listen a lot of times that may happen to you. People may look like, what's she doing? What's she doing? She ain't, Psh. her shoes are ugly. What's she doing? Psh. She looked out. She came down and said, look at you. Look at you. Worshiping like some unbased man. What's wrong with you? And David has a best response. David said, oh, you thought this was something? Wait a minute. What you saw from the window? You thought that was the crazy stuff? You thought that was wild? Let me tell you something, woman. What I do, I don't do for you. He said, my worship is unto the Lord. Listen, when you worship, let it not be unto man. Let it be unto God. He said, I worship unto the Lord. And he said, baby girl, what you just seen, you ain't seen nothing yet. Because I'm about to get crazy. Hey, go back in that window and watch what I'm about to do. You ain't seen nothing. I'm about to get more undignified. I'm about, to get, I'm about to get crazy, and trust me, listen, it ain't no show, it ain't no act, but it finally has arrived into the city of David. Come on, I was worshiping into the city, now I'm in the city, and I'm about to let loose. He said, I'm about to get so undignified as a man of dignity, as a king. You ain't supposed to be undignified. You have to carry yourself a certain way. Not when it comes to your worship. <laughs> not when it comes to your worship. Now listen, I'm not telling anyone right now, right here and ever to get into your royal undies because our ushers will take you out. Quick. Keep that at home, amen. Keep that there. But listen, you can and you should get undignified in the presence of the Lord, amen? You should worship like no one's here, like no one's around you, amen? Worship like no one else is in the room, amen? Worship God because he is good and he deserves 
to be worshiped this morning. Come on, stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Because listen, we are about to worship God. Ooh, ooh, what song are we doing? None. I didn't say we were about to sing a song. Because you singing a song ain't worship. Your worship is you saying, Lord. Look, remember what it said? In our text, it says, all they said. Let me go back here. All it says is, they gave thanks to the Lord. This is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord. Your faithful love endures forever. We don't need a soundtrack to worship God. We don't need a great blessing to happen to praise the Lord. We just need to understand who he is to worship the Lord. Amen. Lift up your hands all over this place. In your own way. I'm not saying your praise has to look like David's. I'm not saying your praise has to look like mine. Your praise is your praise. Some people are introverted. Some people are extroverted. It's all right. All that matters is that I give my best before God. Your best may look different. That's fine. But we give our best to the Lord. So right now, right where you're at, why don't you begin to just worship him? Why don't you begin to thank him for the people that are sitting next to you, your family? Why don't you thank him for those little people back there in those kids' rooms? Thank him for your sons and your daughters, amen? Come on, that he would bless you. That he will bless you with that son, bless you with that daughter. He will bless you with that wife and that husband, amen? He will bless you with that friend, that confidant, that encourager, amen, that's sitting next to you. That you would thank him this morning for all of his goodness. Come on, every one of us has reason to thank God, amen, to praise him. So begin to worship him. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Father, we thank you this morning, Jesus. We praise and exalt you, Father. King of kings, Lord of lords, you are the great I am. Father, you are Alpha. You're Omega. You're the beginning and the end. You are my bridge over troubled water. Father, your word says that your name is a strong tower. The righteous run into it. I thank you for your name. Just your name I thank you for. Because by your name, demons tremble. By your name, God, healings take place. By your name, breakthroughs begin to happen. Father, I praise you. Some of you need to make your way. Some of you need to make your way closer to this altar. There's a pulling. There's a pulling. There's a shifting. Amen. Come on. Some of you need to make your way up here and begin to lift up your hands and praise God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Come on, Preston. Something's happening. Something's happening. Come on. But you got to do your part. Come on, begin to press in right now. Begin to worship him. Begin to praise him, amen, that his faithful love endures forever and ever and ever. It endures. It perseveres. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Sure. Parker, you need to make your way up closer. You need to make your way up closer, amen. Oh, right now. Come on. Carla, you need to make your way up closer with your husband right now. Oh, ra ba 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 Father, we thank you. Come on, begin to praise him. Come on, we wait on someone to direct us and guide us. Let the Holy Spirit direct you and guide you this morning. Oh, thank you, Lord. Come on, just, just that little thing of thanking him, praising him. Father, you are worthy. You are worthy, God. Hallelujah. Come on, that is the highest praise we can give. Hallelujah. Come on, Brian, you're getting married here pretty soon. Make your way up to this altar and worship God. Thank him for his goodness right now. Oh, Father, you are good. 
You are good that you would restore, that you would redeem. Oh, God, that you would give me what I did not deserve, that you are good, God. Come on, do you ever thank him that he gives you what you don't deserve, that he's better than what you deserve? Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord God, for salvation. Thank you for new life, God. Thank you, Lord God, that every promise is yes and amen this morning, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, if you find it hard to do what we're called to do right now, make your way up to this altar. Let God give you a boost, amen, a breakthrough. Come on. I said it before, I'll say it again. The enemy knows that there's power in your praise, amen. There's power in your praise, amen. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, come on. Press in, press in, press in. There's power, there's power in your praise. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Come on, the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus that washes away all my sin. The blood of Jesus, amen, that makes me whole. Come on. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, come on. God is good all the time. He's good all the time. There's not a time that God ain't good, amen. We may not be good, but God is. Come on. We may not be faithful, but God is. And we thank you for that, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, that you are faithful to a thousand generations. Thank you so much for listening to the Cure Church Lead Summit podcast. If you would like to partner with us, please visit our website at www.thecurechurchls.com and click the Give tab. We thank you so much for joining us today. Remember, Jesus is the cure.